Union of the Unknowns, a podcast dedicated to the exploration of modern culture, presents a weekly digest of current events that may have slipped past your radar. This is not your mama's news. Welcome to another episode of Union of the Unknowns presents Not Your Mama's News, where we go over this crazy clown world that we are living in. Uh, with me today, we have two unknowns, and I will start ladies first. We have Stella. Hey, Stella. Hello. How are you going? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you. I'm happy to have you here. And with us, everyone's favorite Viking Kiel Thor. Hello, Kiel. Hello, and skull to all my other Viking friends out there. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing okay. If my internet holds up, we'll be good to go. Fingers crossed that we're going to make it through. And uh, I will be your host this evening, Ashley slash Think Change Repeat. And we are going to go ahead and get right into it. So I think that uh, Stella has a little, an interesting story about the resurgence of the thing that won't ever go away, as Isaac Weishaupt calls it. Stella? <laughs> yes, he does, doesn't he? <laughs> yes, uh, you know, the good old big C, the COVID. <laughs> it's making another comeback to her, <laughs> like some old worn out musician. Uh, <laughs> less fun. Yeah, that's right. Yep. It's no, no parties backstage. Um, so it's called the BA.2.86, but it's more romantically known as Parola. Oh, what a lovely, what a lovely word, Stella. It just what, kind of rolls off the tongue, What could it mean? It? <laughs> parola. It's almost inviting. I'd be lining up for Parola. Sounds but, like um, a lovely perfume. It does. Parola number four. Yes. <laughs> number six, probably. <laughs> parola number 666. <laughs> yes. Let's go for that one. <laughs> well, number 33. Oh. There's so, so many what to is, choose from. What is is it Purola, like a P-U-R-O, or is it a Parola, P-A? I think that's a, a breakfast cereal, isn't it? Um, parola, P-I-R-O-L-A. No. <clears throat> so, some very clever lady on the internet. Oh, gosh, I really should have. Who was, who was it? Uh, it was Truthstream Media. Thank you very much for that, my uh, lovely right-hand lady. <laughs> um, yes, she decided to be a bit of a nerd and go and dig into the, into the name as us nerds often do. And she has basically discovered that Parola is a Spanishy name for penis. <laughs> do you think they might be taking the piss out of this and <laughs> slapping us in the face again? Oh, I think they might be slapping us in the face. Yes, I <laughs> do. Very, very floppy penis. Yeah, so not too impressed about this. But, you know, I mean, it is more romantic than BA.2.86, I must admit. It does roll. The penis does roll off the tongue. <laughs> so, Parola, welcome. Um, yeah, but basically, look, it's already coming out. What's this? The Daily Mail that I'm looking at at the moment. The DailyMail.co.au. Oh, no, .uk. Sorry, I'm not going to claim ownership to that. They're talking already about um, the early tests. I mean, it's all just blown up rubbish. 
it's um being it's a lot less contagious and deadly than the previous versions now i don't have much of an understanding about medicine etc but as far as i know the blurb and the narrative that they've always told us is that as a virus mutates it gets weaker right yes so somehow we're going against science in the news because they're always trying to scare us into this scary new variant but yet yeah. that's opposite to what they've always told us. So there's that. Uh, that's about it, really. There's nothing too much to say there. I just thought it was kind of funny. Yeah, I think it's actually very way. funny. Um, and I have been referring to it as the dick variant. And I feel like it fits because we're getting dicked over. And we have been for yeah. a long time, but especially the last three and a half headed in four years now. Yes, we are definitely getting dicked over. There's no doubt yes. about it. There's eggplants oh. everywhere. And I was going to shout out to uh, Stu in the Discord because <laughs> he said now they're going to have a prick for the dick yeah. variant. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one, Stu. <laughs> <It was>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I do think that, yes, it does feel like they're rubbing our faces in this. And I, as you said, in normal circumstances, they tell you that it would become, you know, less dangerous and more contagious uh, <clears throat> as it's, you know, evolving. However, I have concerns with the fact that is it, you know, did they cook up something else in the lab? Did they like transmute the other COVID variants that they came up with? And are they trying to release that? Or is this, is it truly just the flu and they really are just lying at this point because you didn't hear all this stuff about all the variants last year. Yeah. Have right? they given, have they given COVID the booster? Yeah, exactly. That that's a concern of mine. And then, you know, other people have brought up the point that maybe it will be really, uh, you know, if they release something else, that'll be really dangerous for the vaccinated, or maybe it'll be really dangerous for the unvaccinated. Um, so that's kind of in my mind. And there was the clip of Bill Gates saying like, oh, this, this next time will really get their attention or, you know, something like that. So then I don't know if it's something to do with that or. I, ju I, just, I just played his wife. What's her name again? Melinda. What, what's his, what's <laughs> <Yeah>. his name? <laughs> I, ju exactly. I just played. Can we do that again? Can we do that again? Yes. Yeah. Let's do it. Take it from the top. <clears throat> oh, this this next round will really get their attention. That's hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just what she's. That's what she looked like. You play a very good Mister Melinda Gates. French Gates. Y yes, Melinda French Gates. <laughs> and I think that was her body double. Or her clone or something because if you look at pictures of her like originally to now it does not look like the same human like she looks like she grew a witch's nose and she didn't oh, use totally. to look like that was yeah it, wasn't it that actor though kevin what's his name <laughs> god that looks like her <laughs> that, <laughs> that actor kevin, oh, kevin klein i think he played um was it kevin klein i think he played weekend at bernie's the dead guy was that was that kevin oh. somebody no, mm, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm really not good on my actors. I'm, I'm sorry about that. Anyway, sidestepping. Either way, uh, as Austin Either way, she looks like a man. Say, she's a man, baby. Yes, exactly. And he looks like a very effeminate thing. 
Yes, he looks like the pregnant man emoji. Yep, I can just see Bill chest feeding. I can see him chest feeding too. It's a disgusting Bro, image. Chest feeding his motherboard. Uh. <laughs> That's a virus you definitely don't want. You don't. <laughs> Sorry about the visuals. I just got tickled. Okay. So that is, yes, that's, that's on our radar. The, the dick variant, everybody be on the lookout for Parola, AKA the dick or the cock variant. And we're not just making this up according to the truth stream media video that Stella had shared and the digging that she did. Shout out. Um, that's an excellent channel. I do encourage people to go and watch truth stream media. Yes. So she had looked into the etymology of this word. And as Stella said, it's, uh, starts the G, but it's something that's spoken in Spain, but yes. also jo oh, wish I had that. Sorry. That yeah. Was. So whatever that is, was where the origin of the word parola and Causian or something then, like that. Causian. Yes. Or Galatin, Gallus. Galatian. I don't know. Galatian, maybe something like that. But yeah. it Sounds it good. was so it can be used as like a, a crude slang there, and then other people were commenting that they were in um, Argentina and it was used in the same way. So there is precedent oh, yes. for that. This is not us just making it up, uh, calling it the Dick variant. That that is actually how it is used in a crude manner in um, in this speech. Well, it could have even been someone in Argentina that came up with that. In yeah. fact, <laughs> with a little mustache. Um, it was actually named after a random rock, which was a floating satellite of, uh, what was it, Jupiter? Like an, Saturn. an asteroid or something like that. Oh, what was it actually? Was it, it wasn't Saturn. I think it was Jupiter, one of the planets, which has many, yeah, many not floating satellite rocky things. So the guy that actually named it said that he named it after this rock because it was particularly, or this satellite, was particularly unique. And um, as True Stream Media pointed out, it's, it's just a rock. It's just absolutely nothing unique about it whatsoever. So that's why she's she was sort of saying, yeah, no, it's probably more of a slap in the face really because why would they just pick this random rock? you know, that happens to also mean penis. You know? Exactly. It looked like nothing at all. And so I, I agree. So also with... proves that space is fake and gay because it's floating penises out there. Yes. And it is, um, Galician or Galassian is right. the language Thank that you. we were, um, referencing there. So Galatian. Anyway, yeah, let us say Galatian. Yeah, probably. Galatian. Yeah. Yes, because it it sounded biblical to me, but I yeah, I couldn't uh, come up with it. But so we'll be on the lookout for that. But I do think that that is one of the more humorous uh, angles to you know to discuss the thing that won't ever 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 go away. Yes, so, and don't take that prick. <laughs> don't take the prick, <laughs> and don't buy into the dick variant. <laughs> wonder what they're going to come up with next. Anal variant. I don't know. <laughs> well, let, let's not even speculate. <laughs> uh, what was it that you said to me the other day? Because we were talking about Burning Man. And I, 
you know, there was the these articles that had been memed to look like it said, okay, yes, there there is Ebola at Burning Man. And I said, because you said, actually, that was fake. And I was like, it's Poe's law. Like, who? how do you know anymore? And I feel like you said something like, it's Poe's it's Poe's world. We live in a Poe's world. world now. Yeah. yeah. Poe's world. <laughs> <laughs> and, yes. uh, and I feel like that that's a really accurate way to say it. Like the whole world has been consumed by Poe's law now because yeah, so much of this much stuff so. is like so ridiculous. And people are like, oh, you're spreading misinformation and disinformation. Oh, go to hell. Yeah. But it's like, um, fuck you very much because how are we supposed to know? We have been lied to yeah. on a scale so epically about everything that all bets are off. Yeah, exactly. Yep. It's been yeah hammered into us. And I mean, a lot of those people that are saying that stuff are just put there to say it anyway. So you've just, it's, yes. it's a very sad situation because as this goes on and it's, you know, I mean, we can sit in the, <clears throat> excuse me, can sit in the layer of where it's comical, but then there's the other layer of, it's so freaking sad because nobody really trusts anybody or anything anymore. You can't really look to anywhere for information and know that it's okay and right. And which, I mean, it's sort of, I suppose in one way it's sad, but in another way, there's actually a, a really good thing to this because it is going to bring people back to well, the people that are already thinking. It's going to bring those people back to a deeper sense of, um, of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Intuition. Uh, not so woo woo though. Um, you know, instinct, um, you know, discernment. Yes. It's going to, people are going to have to sort of learn to trust those inner, inner things more. And I'm not trying to be all sort of new age inner narcissism and all that stuff. But it's true. I mean, God gave us intuition and he, he gave us, you know, I mean, that's just part of being a human without yeah. intuition and that we probably all be dead <laughs> of sensing yeah. danger and stuff like that. So I, I don't uh, disagree with that. I think that, you know, I, I feel at least for myself, I do feel better about being skeptical about everything because then that means that I will use discernment to decide what I think is happening. And hey, I may not um, always be right, but I'll figure it out and and hopefully be open to learning new facts and, and stuff like that. But uh, it's it's very difficult in, in this day and age. But I also would say that it has always been that way. But we just, I think a lot more people are now learning that so many things have been a lie and especially in our timeline right now. So I think that's very healthy mm. that a lot of people are questioning, you know, the whole narrative, yeah. questioning everything. You, you make a good point that it probably has been like that for a long time. It's just because we're waking up to it, but it it does also appear to be on, you know, nitrous oxide in a sense mm -hmm. of going wacky, like wackier and wackier every day. Every day there's just something more and more. I love, I love seeing my mum's reactions. I tell her about something new, <laughs> wacky, and she just, <laughs> uh, it's hilarious. Fortunately, she's come to the point where she can just sort of laugh at it now. I roll, laugh, and then shake head. And get yeah, good. Life. Good. Mm. The acceptance phase of the five stages of grief. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a better place to be. Yep, we can laugh at it. So, well, speaking of what's real, what's not real, you may have heard about Burning Man. 
this past weekend. Now, for those of you that don't know, Burning Man is a giant, I believe that people take umbrage to the word festival uh, that takes place in the desert in Nevada annually. And the first year that Burning Man took place was in 1986. I'm pretty sure I just had the yeah, it was chart 86. pulled up. It was 86. Okay, great. And so I just want to read you this little blip that is under their webpage, burningman.org. What is Burning Man? Guided by the values expressed by the 10 principles, Burning Man is a global ecosystem of artists, makers, and community organizers who co-create art, events, and local initiatives around the world. Most recognizably, tens of thousands of burners gather annually to build Black Rock City, a participative temporary metropolis in the Nevada desert. The nonprofit Burning Man Project produces the annual Burning Man event in Black Rock City and provides year-round support, connection, education, and grants to an ever-growing network of regional Burning Man communities in more than 40 U.S. states and 35 countries. So I think that that makes it sound really, I don't know, to, to me in these days, it sounds commie, lefty but I don't think it was originally supposed to be that way. Um, and this year there was quite a bit of mishap. So there was 77,000 attendees to this year's Burning Man, and they ended up having some very unusual weather for the Nevada desert, meaning that they had monsoon type weather and there's actually, it was really a problem. So it was like us in, you know, Appalachia, you can get a lot of rain and yes, you're probably going to have some flooding, but it, it's not necessarily going to prohibit you from traveling. But because of the makeup of this particular location, it actually was an unbelievable mess. So everything stopped because of this weather. Um, people were advised by Burning Man you know, the, the .org website to conserve your food, your water, and your fuel. And they were also given survival tips to, you know, to just how to handle the situation. And some of these were, I thought, pretty useful, you know, share if you can share with your resources, uh, make friends with those around you. They gave people specific tips about even walking through the desert, which was to put socks over their shoes to help prevent some of the cake because, um, and I saw several videos of this, that the, the mud that had been created was just caking in mm. inches and inches. <laughs> it was, it was like, it would just build, 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 build on people's shoes. So, um, it and, was um, also like quicksand in places apparently. Oh, People really? Just, like getting sort of stuck. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That sounds that. Uh, I did hear and see that some uh, people had tried to leave and they just had to abandon their vehicles because it wouldn't move. Mm. Um, now, Stella, one thing that I was hoping that you could tell us about was the what happens to people when they are exposed to this type of soil, like the sand. 
Ah, well, I did read that there was some kind of uh, situation with the dust in, in that area, that it's a very alkalinoid situation. So, um, yeah, when people go there, um, they the smart ones, or the experienced ones, all, always take like vinegar and stuff with them because that's how they bathe, basically. They've got to get this dust off their skin, which is quite difficult to remove, apparently. And oh my God, I can just imagine the skin conditions that some people must come back with. Um, but... Uh, Yep, so they have to do that and, um, yes, be very careful. Well, not yeah. only that, but imagine, you know, you've already got a bunch of smelly hippies out there. <laughs> of them vinegar, and that's just going to be just a horrific odor. Well, if they're what actually need, What you need to do is actually... You, be a lot clean. They probably wouldn't stink. Sorry, Stella. <laughs> I was just going to say, um, with you use white vinegar. And you put uh, about, ooh, I don't know, a quarter of a cup of patchouli into it and uh, solves the problem. Chef's kiss. <laughs> okay. Can you imagine this, the stench of patchouli that's been left behind in the mud in the Nevada desert? Oh, it's, the, it's the patchouli B.O. combo that I take umbrage to. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I like, thought just that was bathe crazy. for God's sake. Just bathe. Yeah. <laughs> Stop putting patchouli on and just freaking bathe. <laughs> there you go. Use patchouli as a perfume, not to cover up your odor. Correct. So yes, I thought that that was a, a really crazy tidbit about this environment that you, that people, if they don't wash it off with something acidic, that it actually will start burning their skin. Um, which I guess burning man becomes exactly <laughs> very exactly. literal. Yes. I mean, the way this chick, this, this is a chick that I was watching, I don't know, somewhere, probably something off TikTok, which I don't even participate in. Um, and she just, the way she described it was like, why the, f why the F would you go to? <laughs> it's like, she's, she's just describing a small portion of hell. It's like when she's going, anyway, I hope I have a better time this year. <laughs> oh, like, I well, watched well, it. well, bitch, you I sure, you sure didn't. <laughs> Yes. Did and you have a what, good time, love? What she was describing was all the crime that takes place. She said that there's cops and agents all over the place yeah. because they're trying to bust people for drugs. And yet they there's a ton of like assaults, theft, rape, all of this kind of stuff. Yeah. And I, yeah, I'm with you. Like, why would you go there? Yeah. Um, In fact, it, I, I would even go as far as let me let me just just amuse me for a moment. Humor me. <laughs> Amuse me. Don't do a dance. Just humor me for a moment. Now, I'm thinking, I'm wondering about these two particular dudes who actually started this back in 1986 by dragging a, a makeshift kind of wooden figure onto a beach, Baker's Beach actually, in San Francisco, um, and set it alight. And we could probably, I mean, San Francisco, they're probably going to draw a bit of a crowd. Mm -hmm. I would not be surprised if this was a totally intentional thing that was made to become really big and draw all the patchouli lovers <laughs> and all the dissidents, you know what I mean? I mean, it's quite possible. It's quite possible. Well, you know, the, the Burning Man tradition goes back to ancient Celtic uh, rituals. So, yeah. I mean, it's just a, a thing. I don't, I don't yeah. know anything about the, the guys who started it or anything, but it wasn't something new they invented. Oh, no, well, of course not. But um, they, you know, using something like that, like a celtic -y thing, of course you're going to draw out, you know, you're going to draw out a whole bunch of people out of the woodwork, you know what I mean? Mm, like burly sure. man. 
Okay, so if you are uh, watching, then you'll be able to see my screen. If not, then I'll explain to you that I've pulled up from burningman.org backslash timeline. Um, and this was all Stella's finding. We talked about this over on the WTF forum this past Sunday. And she brought this and I thought it was a really cool chart. So what it shows you it, is the timeline okay. of Burning I, Man. I don't, I don't need the credit. It's okay. Oh, listen, I'm a creditor. I am a creditor. I, I didn't make the website. <laughs> no, but you found it. Anyway. anyway. Yeah, um, it, it was a very interesting find, wasn't it? Yes. And it's it's kind of weird that they have it on their website, but I like it. It's a cool visual. So it's a chart that shows you the year, the size of the burned man, and the amount of people that were in attendance. So for example, I'm not going to dwell here, but I just want to let people know, and we will have this in the show notes if you want to check it out yourself. Um, if you're curious about this hullabaloo that you've been seeing and hearing about online. So 1986, the first one, 20 people in attendance and an eight foot tall burning man. Um, then I'm just going to be traveling down the timeline Attendance obviously starts to creep up um, into the tens of thousands, and the statues get larger and weirder. Yeah, uh, and, and I would complex. even yes, more complex. And higher. That's even that's even more significant. They get higher and higher, just Way like Tower higher. of Babel. <laughs> yes, and I also would point out that there's a lot of. Um, triangular structures so i would say some of this really does remind me of like the um the square and compass of the freemasons and there looks you know maybe some of that symbolism in there um yep, you've got like pyramidical structures and mosque type looking structures you've even got the vitruvian vitruvian man there mm -hmm. as well yes it gets very so, complex it, it really does. And then it, it ends with this. Okay. So not 77. Oh, that was 2021 is our last one. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it doesn't you, have aware, this year yet. Sorry, Ashley. Are you aware that if you click on each one of those, that it goes into a page of information? Yes. I clicked right, on that okay. and there's a ton of, of info, which is really neat. Mm, um, yeah, it is. So obviously they're not going to have a 2022 because that I guess wasn't was that was that why 2021 is really small perhaps because that didn't happen did it happen or not i don't know it that was lockdown like it, time wasn't it oh it said sessions in virtual burn worlds so 2020 uh -huh. and 2021 look like virtual. they were infected yeah. and they even have little virus uh drawings on these How years cute. adorable uh <laughs> look that looks like the that looks like the dick variant right there right, i so think <laughs> Oh, no doubt there'd be lots of dick variants at Bloody Burning Man, even online. But, uh... Okay, so so that's one aspect of it that's very fascinating. Can you imagine the just... variants in the orgy tent? I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so that was the other thing. Apparently, there there's an orgy tent that they have there. There is a ton of use of drugs and things like that. Um, Shocker. This, this year, the... Probably supplied theme. by the CIA. Probably. What was the theme again? Animalia. Is that Animalia. what you said? Hmm. 
Um, so we understand that as, you know, furry, dressing up like animals, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, and the other thing that I wanted to bring up is the 10 principles of Burning Man that you can see here. It's a little hard to see. I may be able to make it a, a bit bigger. Here we go. So if you're, oh goodness, sorry. If you're uh, looking at watching with us, then you'll be able to see the principles on your screen. Otherwise, I'm just going to be reading them. It's on the same website. The 10 principles of Burning Man, radical inclusion, gifting, decommodification, radical self-reliance, radical self-expression, communal effort, civic responsibility, leaving no trace, participation, and immediacy. Now, referencing the video that Stella was talking about, this girl who was talking about her previous Burning Man experience, she said that uh, the leaving no trace thing was total BS, that people leave all kinds of trash. They leave their bikes there. They basically just, you know, they trash the place. Mm. Um, I did wonder so about that. I, I thought it would be really interesting to have like a whole bunch of underground cameras and watch all the actual wildlife that lives, you know, under the ground. <laughs> Ooh, that yeah. comes out every now and then and it's just like, holy moly, what the? <laughs> yes. Doof, doof, doof. <laughs> little ants and jumping up and down. I did hear that uh, there were some like shrimp that get activated by the rain. Did you happen to see that? <laughs> no, I did not. Because <laughs> somebody was saying um, that there are these desert shrimp that get activated whenever it has the rain. So the people would have to contend with those as well. Although Seriously. they didn't seem dangerous to me. Um, what seemed more dangerous was being stuck and not being able to leave. Now, the other yeah. thing that I wanted to comment on about this was that there were rumors online. It was all over Twitter that, Ebola had been identified there and that people were vomiting coagulated blood and you know then people were like that's misinformation there's not nothing like that going on here everything's fine so it does seem like it ended up being uh not true but that is where the pose law comes in making jokes about it because it's like how would we know like, you can't trust the government or some other nefarious entity associated with the government to not release Ebola at this event. Like, how would you know? And you know that mainstream media is never going to tell you the truth. So all, yeah. all we're left with is speculation and hopefully hearing some accurate information from people who are actually there. But it turns out, at least it seems at this point, that 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 was not the case, that Ebola was not there and people were allowed to start leaving today, uh, which is Tuesday as we're recording this. So people were leaving and apparently there was like a mile and a half long line to get out of there, but the ground had dried up enough for people to actually be able to safely travel out. Well, that's good to hear. <laughs> yeah. I bet there's a few tow truck companies making a nice bit of money. <laughs> oh, I bet so. Now That's that where was I'd something. Be. Something else. I was just else. looking at these desert shrimps. Actually, they're um they're primarily male or hermaphrodite. It's kind of interesting. That is interesting. Does it say they just show up, or what are Bloody you seeing sexists. about them? 
Oh, they just, I just had never heard of them. So I was just looking it up. I just make, making sure that they're real. And Wikipedia says they are, so they must be. Oh, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. And, and I have another, some information. Chuck another on... desert shrimp on the Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> we, have a, uh, we have a very rare uh, shrimp on the top of Stone Mountain over here. That's odd, they, isn't it? They live in the, these little craters that develop on the, top the top of stone mountain is pockmarked in places just due to erosion and there's a unique species of shrimp that live only in those pockets of uh stone mountain granite that's interesting are they activated by rain like if it dries Uh, out and then they get more water something like that i'm not super familiar with their life cycle but or at least the ones on top of Stone Mountain. I don't know if, if that's what you're asking about. Yeah. I think that would be sort of fairly generic the way that it works. And that's what they're saying about the um, desert sure. shrimps here. Yeah. It says, living for many years as a cyst and bursting into life at the arrival of rains, maturing rapidly in temporary pools and producing eggs that can remain dormant until the next rains occur, perhaps mm. in many years' time. That's kind of crazy. That's that's interesting. So it's a, a lot mad of... mad world. It is a mad world. A lot of weird stuff um, about Burning Man. I feel like the whole burning the male, the man effigy is, you know, kind of satanic. But I don't know if there is necessarily an overt satanic uh, connection here. But um, <laughs> I think so. You mean just because of the Burning Man in general, or the whole other... thing? When you look at when you look at a, whole, a lot of the art that was around, there's a lot of art installations. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them. What's are... that, Stella? Can you hear me? I can hear you, Stella. If you look at a lot of the art I installations, I can't hear her at all right now. Really, that's not us, man. Yeah, that's okay. weird. Can you type that into the chat? Oh, there you're back. Now you're back. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, your new system's going really well. Um. This isn't the new computer. <laughs> not at oh, all. Oh, it's not. Oh, no. okay. Gotcha. Right. Um, what was I saying? <laughs> God, totally. Satanic art installations. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. So there's some of them were like interactive and what have you. And But just I saw a breakdown of them. I'll have to try to find that if I can and put it in the show notes. Um, but this dude went through a lot of the different things that were around um, and pointed out, you know, much, much symbology, much origins. Mm of you know i mean <laughs> it's not it's not a family church gathering let's put it that way <laughs> for sure um okay so referencing back to your uh discussion of the reliable wikipedia they are also involved in our next story so what i wanted to bring up here is the fact that the hashtag ban the ADL, B-A-N, as in Nancy, the ADL, was trending as number one on Twitter for quite some time. And it appears that the origin of this hashtag was from user Keith Woods, which is at Keith Woods YT, as in Thomas, on Twitter. So this guy appears to be Irish, However, he he puts out content uh, on TikTok, although I searched for his TikTok page and I could not find it today. 
And he also posts stuff on YouTube, but I don't know that I was not able to find him discussing the ADL on YouTube, which makes sense because it would probably get taken down. Um, so the reason that it, and it appears that this man had been posting uh, about the ADL for quite a while, but recently he and another uh, Twitter user, Jake Shields, who's a former MMA fighter, were able to get the tr the hashtag ban the ADL trending. So I believe that it came up in reference to um, they were talking about online. I don't know if Elon Musk brought it up first or, oh, I know what it was. So there was the redheaded libertarian was talking about the ADL in a tweet. And sorry, I know you don't know these people, but um, then this guy, Keith, give me one sec, kill. Keith responded back to her, and that was sort of the birth of this, because the ADL was saying and basically denying and minimizing the genocide of white farmers in South Africa. So that was where this all started, and it appears to go back to either August 31st or September the 1st, and that is significant to me because the founding of the ADL was in September of... Um, let me see here. I have my dates. It was 110 years ago, almost exactly. That would be 1913. Exactly. So it was September of 1913, the founding of the ADL. Kill? That would stand for American Defamation League. American right. Defamation League. Or the Anti-Defamation no. League. Anti-Defamation yes. League. Yes. Okay. So to give you just a little bit of history, um, about the ADL. So it was, as I said, formed in September of 1913, and it was born of the group B'nai B'rith in, um, well, I don't know if it was actually New York or if it was in Georgia. It was in New York. Okay. So founded in New York, but it was in, in response a to a crime that happened in Atlanta, Georgia where a young girl, Mary Fagan, was murdered and the boss, Leo Frank, who was a Jewish man who was the president of the chapter in Atlanta, Georgia of B'nai B'rith, was found guilty by a group of his peers of committing this murder. And he was sentenced to hang for his crimes. And at the end of the governor's term, who also had connections, who he had worked for the law firm that Leo Frank's lawyers worked for, or, or that, I'm sorry, the governor of Georgia work, had previously worked with Leo Frank's defense team. Okay, so then at the end of his um, time serving as governor, he commuted Leo Frank's sentence to life in prison, not hanging. So the people of the town, particularly the people who were trying to seek justice for Mary Fagan, were not happy. So they ended up kidnapping Leo Frank from prison and they lynched him which was his cause of death. And they hung his body facing towards um, Mary Fagan's families. So they would let 
tell them that they got justice for her. And apparently there was a lot of evidence that Leo Frank was the one to commit the crime, even though it appeared that he had tried to have a janitor framed for it, but the night watchman originally framed. Um, Sella, did you have anything you wanted to chime in on this so far? No, that's pretty much sums it up. Okay. So once this happened and the ADL eventually separated from Benai Brith and they just became their own non-governmental agency. However, they hold a great deal of power and they appear to, and this is not going to surprise anybody, but they appear to be very well connected and in the back door to all of the major uh, tech platforms. So right now, after this was trending on Twitter, then Elon Musk entered the picture. Elon now says that he is going to be filing a suit against the ADL for defamation. And he called it ironic. He also said that Tucker Carlson was welcome to join the suit because the ADL has implied maybe even overtly that Tucker Carlson was anti-Semitic, which is hilarious because he wears the red bracelet of Kabbalah, which is Jewish mysticism. So it's, you know, I, I don't necessarily believe that any of that's anything other than theater, but I thought that it was very interesting, A, that it's trending 110 years later, almost exactly. I think that the topic of anti-Semitism is being stoked intentionally, and I do think that it's being done in order to try to radicalize people or maybe not even radicalize people, but to to stir the pot, to have more ammunition, to call everything anti-Semitic. Now, one of the things that I wanted to bring up was the amount of work, like if you go to the ADL website, I think they, they it's silly. It's gotten silly at this point. Like they classify all of these letters and all of these numbers as being anti-Semitic. For example, on the ADL website, they have the emoji 100 as being anti-Semitic. Um, I think it it's because they associated it with 100% white, or they would classify saying it's okay to be white as anti-Semitic. Um, so it it's in numbers, you know, like 88, like they'll say that that's, you know, what white people use to be anti-Semitic. I guess that's like associated with hell Hitler or something crazy. Fanning the flames of anti-Semitism is their goal because that's how they hide. They, they that's how that's they get how away they with stuff. Money. Yeah. And that's how they get away with stuff. That's how they can um, create a whole bunch of, um, if there's no racial strife, then the race lords out there don't make any money. They don't yeah, want to solve the problem. It's all part of dividing us as well. I mean, it, again, multi, <laughs> multifaceted. But yeah, I mean, the whole thing was sort of born from a cover-up to start with. So the whole foundational roots are nefarious, basically, and based on yes. lies. Yeah, exactly. And I, I apologize. I feel like I was rambling, even though I thought I was, you know, I felt prepared to discuss the story. There's a lot of threads here. And that is the the forming of the ADL was in response to Leo Frank. And they said that it was born of anti-Semitism, but it wasn't about being 
anti-Semitic or anti-Jewish. It was about, you know, it was about the fact exacting that, justice. Yeah, and also this guy so basically got in the off origin, Scott- the origin story here. Who are the Jewish community or their people that were being oppressed in that story? I, I kind of missed. I lost track of who who uh, murdered who yeah. and who was trying to gain so you know, good justice. Leo Frank was the murderer, and he was found guilty yeah. by a jury of his peers, including Jewish community members. So and he, he's Jewish. He, Although, he was Jewish, yes. Okay. Go ahead. Is, Although there is some talk that possibly he was not, and he was also framed. So um, there's some guy, Jim Connolly, I think his name was. I can't find it now. Yeah, Jim Connolly. He was the was janitor. He the... Right, okay. Yep. So yep. who knows? Yeah. The... Well, so there was apparently But see, he evidence... was convicted. He was convicted, and he. I think the people thought that he should have been lynched, and he got, you know, what was it, life sentence or something, and they weren't happy about it. So, so it wasn't Frank... really... He was convicted and he was sentenced to hanging. And then the governor of Georgia commuted that sentence to life in prison on mm-hmm. his way out. And that was what incensed the the people that ended up lynching Leo Frank. Yeah. Uh, because Basically he was supposed vigilantes. to hang. Yes. Yeah. And then that led to the creation of the Anti-Defamation League. Now, the who seems to have been, it it appears at least from what I've seen that Leo Frank was working with the janitor, the uh, Connolly that you were talking about to try to frame the night watchman. And that would mean even that he wrote letters and maybe worked with uh, someone to plant some evidence to try to, to put it in um, the investigation onto the night watchman. Although he was interrogated and the police apparently were not buying that. And they came back to that. It was Leo Frank. Um, And Leo Frank appeared to have had a close relationship with Connolly, the janitor, um, and that he did not have, you know, a time card and things like that, like other people had. So maybe they were, they were friends and maybe he was trying to help uh, Leo Frank avoid um, his his fate or being investigated at all. I think they just set up whatever they need to set up to get their narrative through, you know, their goals done. So hard to know, you know, as you say, it's it's, it's sort of hard to know. <laughs> we can only speculate, but yeah. yes. they are so, what they are now. And that's a problem. Right. Well, and the thing is, is that it didn't appear to be based in anti-Semitism. It was, as as you said, it was vigilante justice. People were Mm. really upset that Mary Fagan did not get the justice that she was supposed to get, meaning that Leo Frank, who was found guilty, was supposed to hang and he didn't hang. So then, Mm. as you said, the birth of the ADL and then now the ADL is here calling anything and everything anti-Semitism. So, and of course, the one of the reasons that this is so dangerous and into a slippery slope is having uh, just some agency who doesn't like what you're saying say that everything you're saying is hate speech, um, especially whenever we're getting into a, 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 a place in society where people are trying to use the law against you if 
you say something that they don't like. For example, in Minnesota, there were people who voted for you to be able to be put in jail if you misgender someone, right? So we're getting into a really dangerous place. Mm. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to bring up here, as I had said earlier, this is a tweet from uh, Kenekoa the Great on Twitter. He said, according to the ADL, the numbers 1 through 11, 109, 110, 12, 13, 1352, 1390, 14, 1423, etc. And 88 are all hate symbols. Um, so then he put some screenshots from their website and shows them literally saying that like 23 slash 16 is quote hate on display. Uh, 33 what, divided sorry? by six. Where did this come from? This, this is from the ADL website. Oh, it's from their website. Yes. So the tweet that I was reading is oh, somebody who shared screenshots from their website. Okay. Um, did they did they say what whereabouts on the website? I don't know if he put a link in there, but I'm sure we can easily find because it. I, and yeah, put it'd it be nice to verify notes. this sort of thing because this is a kind of thing that can fan some fairly bad flames if uh if it's not actually on there well it's just this... like you know it's just like the ebola thing that was just an article that somebody in some you know five cent app or whatever just changed the headline and then released it into the wild and yes that's all now, it was you know so. in um in other situations correct but this guy has over five hundred thousand followers and is known to be kind of in the news sphere Oh, okay, um, it cool. was also retweeted by Keith Woods, who is the documentarian or the 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 guy who has been documenting and speaking out against the ADL. Yep. So, so uh, fairly, but yes, fairly trustworthy. Yeah. Yes, and and like I said, the other place that I saw the 100 emoji was on their website as well. Um, that they said mm. was anti-Semitic. So uh, we will have the the links in our show notes for you to check this out yourself. But I think the the main thing is that it's good that people appear to be waking up to this group that is hiding behind protecting yeah. Jewish people while calling anything that they don't like hate speech. That's the concern is getting into a really dangerous territory of not having free speech. And as referencing Elon Musk and Tucker, people literally having their careers ended or according to Elon, half the value of, of Twitter is at risk because they have such influence with advertisers. So they were saying, you know, I think this was back in 2022 to pause your advertising to Twitter because the hate speech is staying up too long and this kind of stuff. So it, it has real world consequences. Yep. Well, they basically are forming the narrative. I mean, that's that's what needs to come out. Is <laughs> I suppose that you we could get as close to saying that you know they are they, perhaps. Yeah. I mean, well, if I if they so. are not they, then they are working for they. And reminding too that there are many different sectors of and aspects of that. What do you call it? Race, religion? It's not really group of people. 
Yeah. Um, so it's again, don't throw everyone in the same basket because there is definitely <laughs> nefarious sectors that are the problem. And we should also be a little more sensitive here. How do we know that they is the preferred pronoun? For this <laughs> this is very we true. We don't. We don't. They get the bonus trademark symbol. Okay, so here we go. I wanted to. I went directly to, and I'm going to share my screen here. And like I said, this will be in our show notes. But I'm here on the ADL website, and I'm showing. This is under resources slash hate symbols slash search. So the first hate symbol that they have listed is 100%. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There we go. Right. Well done. Okay. Oh, 100% is so, for 100% white. Okay. Exactly. 100% white. Well, I can tell you that I use the 100 emoji all the time. I say 100%. <laughs> <laughs> all the time and it has nothing to do with anybody being white it's usually yeah. like yes i agree with you a hundred percent that's exactly what you well, got that's the way it. it's used yeah i mean I'm, I'm sure they're not wrong here the white supremacists <laughs> use that and they're they're whatever but it's not it's not uniquely racist or anything no no but this is what they do you see they take something that's really common and really used, and they say, uh uh, no, can't do yeah. that. That's anti Semitic. That's what they do. I mean, it's, look, what have they got yeah. on 33 here? What does it say here? Oh, uh, let me get back to that. 33 so stroke here... six. The so number 33 is used by Ku Klux Klan, yeah, which was the uh, the golden dawn, dawn of the golden whatever, um, oh. adherence to signify the Ku Klux Klan. Since the 11th letter of the alphabet is K, of course, three Ks signify KKK. Oh, the good. Oh, we're going to get completely <laughs> cancelled. Clan cuts clue. But uh, when using are, this reference, yeah, blah blah blah. You know, we're reading directly from the ADL. So yeah, we're going to get I, debunked. <laughs> I encourage people to go to the ADL website. They have a lot. Of, I mean. <laughs> they it's have a anti -Semitic, lot of content. It's anti-Semitic to go to the ADL website, so just be careful. It probably is. Do we really want to encourage people to give them clicks? Well, I think that you should because you no, should see the absurdity. <laughs> yes, you should see the absurdity of what they're saying is hate and extremism. And it's complete nonsense. Yeah. Um, you know, it, if someone commits a crime and you have evidence to show that that was based because that person is anti-Semitic, that they were committing a crime against another, that's one thing. But me sitting here saying 100%, like, we're getting into insane territory, post-world territory. Some people think the, the good old Stars and Stripes is inherently racist. But... Well... That'd be the ADL. <laughs> yeah, it probably is the ADL. Um... Look, I, I think it's just, you know, I mean, is there going to be anybody left by the time everybody gets rounded up for all the little different crimes that they've allegedly committed in the eyes of certain no. groups? It's going to be like, okay, well, everybody's in prison now. Now what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or everybody's kicked who's off gonna the bring everything out? It's going to bring out tea. No, this, this is why the founding fathers put freedom of speech as their first amendment to the constitution, because they wanted to make sure that if a particular group got in power, 
they wouldn't be able to outlaw the voices of the their opposition their, politically. Right, but in and a in a just, fascist this is all just bullshit. But yeah, and, in a fascist world, though, it has real consequences, right? So yeah, let's yeah. say that you you have a business now. I'm no fan of Elon Musk, and I think that it, Twitter is essentially a government agency, whatever. But you have this organization who is non-governmental, and they are so in the pockets of all of 50% of your advertisers, and they're advising them to withhold advertising because they saw a tweet they didn't like. Hmm. Like that's just one small example. But you, if they had, if they make accusations against a regular human, they could ruin you, like literally. Hmm ruin you take everything have, from you i've done many times yes so the other thing that i wanted to say that i thought was very weird i'm looking at the adl wikipedia page and they what they said was that it, it was um founded by like we said benai brith a jewish service organization in the wake of contentious murder conviction of leo frank um, so I had two questions about this. So Leo Frank murdered, but also raped. Allegedly. Uh, but he was convicted of that. That doesn't mean anything. Anyway. Well, but I'm saying that I don't need to preface it by saying allegedly because he was convicted of the crime of rape and murder of mm -hmm. Mary Fagan. Um, so that's why I don't say uh, well, innocent men never get convicted. I'm not trying. I'm just playing devil's advocate. That's all. Oh no, I, I have no faith in the that. legal system, and that goes back a long way. <laughs> yeah, I I'm with you on that, but I'm just saying in this case he was convicted, so I don't preface it by yep. saying allegedly. Um, and and there appears to be evidence that he did it. Now, if he wasn't, you know, I would like to hear that case but it sounds like there was a lot of evidence against leo frank in this particular situation so yeah they said yes. that it was in the wake of the contentious murder conviction of leo frank and leo frank has his own page on wikipedia but the girl that was raped and murdered does not have her own and, and in fact, in this particular article, I don't even see her name, uh, Mary Fagan. Um, if you go to Leo Frank's page, you do see Mary Fagan mentioned. But like I said, there she doesn't have her own Wikipedia page, but Leo Frank does. So I just well, had a couple of questions. Uh, why did it only say murder? Because it was rape and murder. And then why does Mary Fagan not have her own Wikipedia page? What do we... That's rhetorical, I, mean, I see. I yeah. guess. What what do we know about her or do we not because the, nobody put information uh, out about her? Well, it sounds like there... She was uh, walking along and Leo Frank picked her up it, to give her a lift. Is it just Wikipedia that doesn't again. have information about her or is it there just was no. never any information about her? No, there's information. She was a 14-year... I mean, my from what I heard about her she was a 14 year old girl who was the i believe the youngest in a family of five children her mother was um a, a single mother because her father passed away when her mother was pregnant with mary fagan and that mary fagan was 14 at this time and she was working in a pencil factory so they had moved from alabama to atlanta because they had family nearby so she was working in the pencil factory she went uh, to go get her check 
Um, and it was a holiday weekend that weekend, like uh, celebrating the Confederate statues, I think. And she had a friend that was waiting on her. She went in to get her check and she never came back. And her body was found by the night watchman of that factory later after the fact. So she was in a basement. Okay. Hmm. Now all he, these... he was the last person. Leo Frank was the last person to have been uh, with her as well. All these bits and pieces of information sound familiar to me because I, I know I've heard the story before. But uh, anyway, I didn't. I hadn't connected all the dots until just now. But yeah, the pencil factory thing and the the lynching. I think yes. that all happened up in uh, like the Marietta area, didn't it? Maybe so. Maybe. Let me see. Um, well, Atlanta, Georgia was the trial. Yeah. And yes, he was lynched yeah, Marietta. in Marietta, Mary Fagan's okay. hometown. Now, I so Stella, I wanted to ask you, so you said there was allegations or there's something that Leo Frank was maybe not Jewish and not guilty? I didn't say he wasn't Jewish. No, he was trying to pin it on some, the, the guy, was it Jim Conley? Conley. Conley. Uh, he was a black gentleman as well. So yeah. he was apparently some raging racist Leo Frank. So Yes, and that was another thing that they said that um, – that rape and murder were black crimes. Leo Frank and his defense team actually said mm. that. So it's very, very interesting that the ADL. It's um, such hypocrisy, isn't it? Yes, yep. exactly. They start um, this whole anti, anti-defamation league based on, you know, don't be a racist or what <clears> have you. Exactly. They... And they, mm. yeah, and tried to frame two separate black men for it. So the first black man was the night watchman that, uh, Connolly appeared to have been working with Leo Frank to frame because there was a note that was allegedly written that was found near Mary's body that was written by her like in her last hour and she was describing who it was but you know it wasn't her handwriting and it it was determined to have not been her and then it came out that it probably was Connolly that wrote that letter and that he was running interference for leo frank but leo frank was happy to let either black men go to prison for this crime yeah so uh, leo well, what was leo frank's uh position or relationship to mary in the story he was the boss he was the boss he of the pencil the factory boss of the pencil. okay mm-hmm. and then and he also was the president of the benai brith uh, Jewish organization in town. Right. So the B'nai B'rith was not an a anti-defamation society. It was a uh, let's support the Jewish community society. Yeah, and it was like a, that, like a Masonic only, lodge. Right, would, would not be against racism toward other races, just against racism towards Jewish people. Right? I guess so. I guess. And then, so the and then after what happened to Leo Frank, that's when the ADL was formed of Benibrith, and then they split and they were, you know, just their own organization. Yeah. 
But all that just to say that I think it's a really weird time that it's all of a sudden trending at like exactly 110 years later, ban the ADL, and that that hashtag is 11. allowed to trend. Hmm? 110 years and it's got the number 11 in it. Yes. Yeah. So I think there's, it's weird. Um, and as much as I would like to think that organically people are waking up to the, the dangerous nature of having a group that wants to, that wants to censor so much and has so much sway. I just, as, as we were talking about earlier, I really don't think that that's the case. I think there's something, you know, more to it, maybe a lot more to it. Maybe it's just stirring the pot um, to be able to call more things anti-Semitic. I don't know. So Benai Breath was founded in 1843, focused on making the world a safer and more tolerant place with a presence in countries all around the world. Benai Breath is the global voice of the Jewish community. Which they are, are they not an offset of uh, the Freemasons or like a, a branch? Um, yeah, I, who knows? They all kind of mix into the big soup, don't they? Uh, works as a district within the framework of the, yeah. There's uh, quite a fairly large presence of them here in Australia and in New Zealand. Well, just um, everywhere, basically. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had heard... They're a fairly small group of people, and yet they're very, very powerful. So, you know, go figure. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think it's interesting. I think it's something to watch out for, uh, like anything else, and an interesting bit of history that 110 years coming back around into the fold. So, And, and um, as we've sort of discussed before, it's it's interesting to, to see all these um, political leaders and oh, very important... Oh, are you important... talking, Stella? I can't... I can't hear you now. Kill, can you hear her? Uh, Hello, can, hear can you hear me? I can hear you, Stella. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we should get off this subject. <laughs> I was just going to say, just um, did the cat hit a lead or something? Maybe. <laughs> Possible. Uh, I was just going to say, um, it's interesting how all these well, presidents, political leaders, very important people, very rich people, very powerful people always end up at the Wailing Wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you hear us now, Ashley? Yes. Yeah. It was, it was a kitty cat, cat culprit. I thought I taught a putty cat. It was this guy. Uh, yes, you're exactly right. They do always end up at the Wailing Wall, no matter what party they're associated with, whether that's mm. Republican, Democrat. I mean, pretty much every major politician can be found there. Yep. Wearing a yarmulke while they do it. Yep. Mm. I'd like to know what, what they write on their little notes that they slip into the wall. Yeah. I want to be the big guy. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and surely somebody s sneaks by real quick and yanks that paper out. You know, if, if the sell it for crap loads on eBay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just don't see how it just sits there. They stick a piece of paper in there and it disintegrates over the course of a couple of years, maybe. That doesn't sound plausible. Yeah, I suppose. I so mean, the, the Wailing Wall is, it's hard to find a, a spot, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's... It's hard to find a crack. Mm hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So, anyway, what to watch out for there. 
it's interesting. We'll have the links to everything that we talked about in the show notes. Um, and if, if someone out there has a correction or an addition to that story, I would be very interested to hear it. Um, maybe there is a theory that that Leo Frank, that this investigation was faulty. And as Stella said, I, I certainly know that innocent people are convicted and wrongly go to prison. In this particular case, from what I have seen, it does not seem like it was a wrongful conviction of Leo Frank. No, um, I wasn't. I wasn't really sort of seriously saying that, but it's just, oh, gotcha. I was sort of reflecting more on the fact that everything's just so full of lies now. It's just really hard to know, you know, and things are just played. I mean, pawns are put into place to make something happen. So it, the truth just doesn't matter. And it hasn't for a long time. I mean, of course it matters, but in their eyes, the truth is just some inconvenient thing that they just shove aside, whatever, you know, it's just like they construct something to make a narrative happen. So uh, that's right. all I'm coming from is just question everything, basically. For sure. And in this case, it, it is part of my question um, from Wikipedia because they don't mention rape, even though Mary Fagan was raped and murdered, um, you know, and like I, you know, so I just feel like there is definitely a lean from the Wikipedia page in the uh, leaning in the direction or in the favor of Leo Frank and the ADL, which is not surprising at all. Like, yeah, uh, no, it's a really good point that you brought up that it's not she, her name is not on that page because it is very much the core of it really, isn't it? So you'd think that it would be somewhere in the history bit, which is very right. short. Yeah. That they <laughs> would talk small about paragraph. Right. Her life, her family, the fact that the people still from her lineage take issue with it to this day. Um, so, yeah, mm. it's it's very, a very interesting, um, interesting topic. So anyway, yes, if anyone out there does have any more info, please feel free to send it uh, to me. You can find us in the connect with us in the discord or you can send it to me on Twitter and um other than that, does anybody else have anything else before we wrap? Mm, hope all those people get out of Burning Man all right. And, um, gee, just try to stay sane. <laughs> just laugh yeah. at everything. you got to laugh Good. at everything. Good luck. <laughs> okay. Well, if that's all, then I will sign off for Stella Keel and myself for this episode of Not Your Mama's News. And I will ask myself, where can you find us? I'm glad I asked. <laughs> you, you can find us at unitoftheunknowns.com. That's our Linktree page. And that has links for all the ways to get in touch with us. And we would love to hear from you. Please check it out. And thank you for tuning in to another episode. Good evening. Thank you for your lovely hostisms. Yes. My pleasure. Right. <laughs> thank you, Take everybody. Care, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs> Not Your Mama's News has been a production of the Union of the Unknowns podcast. New episodes are available weekly on all your favorite podcasting networks.